Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. everybody and welcome to an updated Geek Apocalypse podcast where I update how ironic the situation as to why I've been gone for at least a couple of months which is longer than I anticipated because anyone who's listened to the last episode that I released I mentioned that I had been doing uh, the uh, every, once a week podcasting for quite a long time and uh, needed a break and for a series of circumstances beyond my control it has led me to be off longer than I would have liked and I'm obviously here in this podcast which is just me explaining the situation and talking about a few different things. I will explain what happened and why it took so freaking long to make time to do another one uh, of this podcast which I have missed doing um, but I did need the time off uh, which I will explain in a moment, but if this is your first time listening to Geek Apocalypse, please thank you so much for um, taking the time to try uh, us out. Obviously, we've done a whole bunch of episodes, so please do consider going and looking at all the other ones. Um, but yeah, so basically, the context is, uh, as I mentioned, uh, towards the end of February, I was, um, in particular, well, sort of start of February really, is I was feeling really just run down, and also I was being given the opportunity to do some work, uh, some freelance work for the first time in a while, um, because those who have listened to this podcast before would be aware that um, I've have uh, bipolar disorder and I've been off work for a while and I've done some bit, bits of work here and there, but I was getting uh, some good freelance opportunities. So with that, as well as feeling a little bit burnt out and run down, I decided to take some time off. Um, the other byproduct of that and this very uh animal is uh under, under my feet right now uh, having a nap uh i got a dog which was uh, quite a big deal because uh so i will tell the story of that through this podcast as well um as to what happened and the and unfortunately the 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 hell that i've went through um not haven't regretted it for one second but obviously the unluckiness that i've uh, faced in regards to having uh lister which is the name of my dog which anyone who's a red dwarf fan will get that reference i mean and know that and know who listen to this that i'm a huge red dwarf fan so uh that uh, that seemed appropriate although my friend nicola uh made a really good point that calling him geordie because we are geordies from the from the northeast of england and also he's black he has black and white patches uh, so that was quite, and also it's a reference to Geordie LaForge from Star Trek: The Next Generation. But um, I always had this idea of having a dog, just to give the context. Um, I, I grew up with a dog, with a few dogs around me. But um, one of the things that my parents, in particular my mom, was really reluctant for me to have any pets at all, uh, not even a goldfish, because I think she had this attitude of that we would be bored of it within five minutes. 
Um, and then she would be responsible for looking after whatever it was we got, um, which was prob- there's probably some truth to that, to be honest. Um, and actually, it's a good segue into how I got Lister in the first place, because uh, it was around about the time that I took the time off, and that was planned in the sense of I wanted to have time off for myself and also dedicate some time to my the dog, Justin, because I was I had planned on getting a dog since the beginning of the year, so the idea was... Um, I was going to get, I was going to get, I've always wanted a dog and I was in a position where I have my own place and I'm allowed to get a dog in the place that I'm at. So I was really wanting to do that. And we went to a shelter with my friend Nicola and her husband Alan and um, found a dog. I originally wanted to get a Jack Russell, but I was sort of tempted out of that. And I'm kind of grateful in the sense that I was because i've segued or mentioned maybe a few times my love of the mask on this show as in the it was a film that i watched growing up which jim Jim carrey is obviously um fantastic in that and i still actually reference you know the prty because i gotta um because it's just a fantastic line and uh, i kind of wish they would do another one because the one after the son of the mask was terrible um sorry alan coming but um anyway so the dog in that Milo was someone I was. I just absolutely adored that dog. I just thought it was so cute, and um, I wanted a dog kind of that size because I'll I'll probably offend maybe some dog owners uh, if they're listening to this who have large dogs, but I don't get it. Um, like, and I, once I explain what happened to Lister and going to vets, is that when you see these giant dogs that are the size of adults that you can barely contain. And if they just decide to go on like a rampage, that you know you can't stop them. I I, I just don't really fully understand that really um i prefer to have a dog that i can at least pick up in an emergency um you know so that's that's kind of my philosophy on what size dog one should have um but anyway so so there was a delay in me getting uh lister who was called spot at the time which i think is such a generic name so uh, sorry to the previous owner but so i i found myself uh, having to wait because he had an ear infection which is uh, actually relevant to what ended up happening to lister in terms of me having to spend all my time looking after him is so because of the fact that they were giving the shelter i went to was giving him treatment for the ear infection it delayed me being able to actually take him home so that was a pain but so that so that was all of january uh, while i was still doing the show and everything else um, and so once I got to February, um, they said I could take him. So after his ear infection had cleared up, basically. So once I took him, everything was sort of fine, and obviously went to you know got uh, went to get some vet, um, went to get some vets, and went to get insured and everything else. Um, and basically the reason, uh, just to read and to to say why I picked this particular uh, dog lister is, um, he, he the pretty certain he's a staff, even though like um anyone who knows this, you got to get like a real proper expensive DNA test to have some idea because he's a crossbreed of some discalmation into Google, you get a rough idea. And my plan is on the like sort of website version of this is that I will put a picture. I don't know, of me holding him maybe if I get an opportunity to do that. I'll obviously need someone to help me because he's a bit uh, difficult to keep still, but um, that's the plan. Um, so you'll get to see him or I'll send, or I'll do a tweet or something attached to the episode of the, for this very episode. So, um, so yeah, I was really excited, obviously, to get to get a dog for the first time, and I knew that it would. Um, this is something we're going to talk about about mentally sound, which I'm definitely going to mention that that is coming back. I'll explain that more later. 
Um, but I've always wanted a dog because I'm aware of uh, the, the fact that it can help with mental health. And as someone who has bipolar disorder um, and an addictive personality, is uh, I find this fascinating. And I honestly don't have an answer, which would obviously be self-care that, that you should have for yourself. Um, so the byproduct of having a dog is that you can focus your energy of caring towards him. And then as a byproduct of that... It can help you look after yourself. So, like, I get up to feed him because if I don't, no one will. And then it, by consequence, means that I'm up and I can sort of go right. I'm gonna get me, you know, gonna make myself something and all this kind of thing. So it's this extra, it's this nice sort of extra motivation that you that someone like me needs to kind of, um, like, for it, it, it just being a, um completely, you know, the right decision, and I've loved every second of it. Um, it's been highly enjoyable. Um, but unfortunately, so the situation. Oh yeah, so I, sh- as I was saying the reason I wanted to get this dog, and the reason um, uh, Lister was really sort of it made sense to me to, to get this particular dog especially he's my first dog that i've had on my own is that when i read his story his background and this is to me to explain to people about shelters if they've got some sort of you know ambivalence towards them or they think that there's just dogs that have misbehaved or don't deserve to have owners or there's some sort of warped view that stereotype i guess it's not really the case is that you often find when you read stories about uh, i mean that does happen i'm not denying that it does but it's nowhere near as much as people think is that you go there and you find that it's just dogs on unfortunate circumstances either the owner can't look after them anymore or you get puppies where these uh, this is the thing that frustrates me is that you get um parents uh sometimes you go i'm gonna get a puppy for my six-month-old kid or my two-year-old or something uh, and then the 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 kid because they have a low t- attention span like every kid does gets bored of the dog um, or doesn't play with them as much as the parents would like and then they kind of go oh I now have to look after a small child as well as now I've had a puppy which I bought for somebody else and so you you get a lot of like really small dogs and puppies who um have basically the people have just changed their mind which is really sad. Um, and you know, I mean, you can make the argument of at least they've tried to have a dog and kind of give them a home, but I think that's just kind of a bit, um, they haven't thought it through quite clearly. Um, but at least they didn't get a big dog. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm slandering people with a big dog. It's totally fine. I prefer them to have dogs than not have dogs if they're gonna, like, help, you know, any stray dogs that need homes, but, um, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but anyway, so, uh, the reason that, so Lister's circumstance was that his previous owner was an elderly woman who apparently um, had got sectioned, which is really sad. Obviously, I'm not going to review. I don't, I don't actually know who this person is, so I can't even reveal the person's name. But that's basically the whole story. Um, and so he, 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 there's a, there's a, they're not sure about how old he actually is, but um, roughly about three is the is the going consensus right now. And he's trained quite you know quite well um he knows all the sort of basic commands that that you want you would want your dog to do and he's sort of you know he's toilet trained and everything else and so um when i read that and the only thing that he's a bit of a he's a bit of a prick to other dogs basically but i have this theory but it's difficult because this is the one downside is you get limited information when you get them from a shelter because basically it's just whatever the owners have told them so I was told that he wasn't great with other dogs, but I have this, I have, and he, I have this theory of his like I've got a defensive approach, and my guess is that some sort of dog 
attacked him when he was younger. I have no proof of this, but I'm just going off the back of obviously I'm with him every day and I walk him every day and I just see um, that he's not usually the aggressor in these circumstances. It's usually when someone enters his zone and he's un- he gets uncomfortable and freaks out. Do you see what I mean? So it's not a case if he goes searching for and just attacks every dog he sees. Um, so I think that's, so it would be, I'm, I'm thinking about with help of some friends who have got dogs to sort of acclimatize them to dogs that won't attack him. And then hopefully that might, uh, change the situation. But apart from that, he is really, really well behaved. And so it made a great deal of sense to say yes to that because, um, you know, with, with the situation I'm in, I can get some um, extra help in terms of looking after him and all that kind of stuff. So I, it seemed a no-brainer. And as I say, apart from what I'm about to describe, how that completely backfired in terms of... It backfired just in terms of, you know, finance and, and time and, and obviously poor Alistair's uh, um, health and just being in pain. But obviously, that's uh, there's, a, there's a good ending to it. And he's fine now. So I'll say that to save the expense. Because people are going, oh, you lose your dog within, you know, a month of having him. No, that didn't happen thank god um but yeah so uh what ended up um essentially happening was i took him over and he got his tests done um and you know like he got a full exam and everything was fine he got his blood test and everything and everything came out and he's a very healthy dog um unfortunately what ended up happening within a month from getting me is his ear infection came back and then whether that contributed to him getting a hematoma which is a for those that aren't dog related is it's a burst blood vessel in that lobe of their ear so um it basically like swells up with you know the blood basically that's inside um not nice obviously and it was like a balloon it very quickly you know with it with me noticing by just obviously just stroking him or you know walking him around i was like yes he had one of these yeah it's way bigger um and so i was like oh that's really not nice and and unfortunately with him being a long-eared dog it's more likely to happen um which is a real shame so the unfortunate so i obviously had to deal with that um and uh, for reasons I can't get into, obviously, in great detail, but basically, um, my insurance wouldn't cover it because apparently, um, they were basically arguing that it was a pre-existing condition, and I'm assuming because of the type of dog he is, he must have had a hematoma before, and it's either they, they managed to get rid of it the non-surgery way, uh, which is less likely. Um, to give you anyone, anyone who cares about research about this, is I really did my homework before I went to the vets to get them checked for this. And there's two different operations you can have for a hematoma. So as I said, it's a burst blood vessel in the lobe, for those that don't know the terminology. Um, because basically it needs to be treated because you can get rid of them. You can uh, like ignore it and hope it goes away, but that's like really, really rare. And some people do do that, which I was annoyed to hear because unfortunately if you do leave it and there's this very really small chance of it going away on its own it can lead to you know hearing problems and it can cover the entire ear and there's all sorts of it can lead to much more uh, dangerous problems if you leave it alone Uh, so it's best to treat it and obviously just your dog's in pain like that's the thing that i don't like about that scenario is that you're just basically going well hope it clears up and your dog is uncomfortable Um, and a lot of dogs don't uh, because of the that sort of alpha male personalities, they 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 hide their pain. Um, so you very often, you know, they might be in pain, but they're not showing the more dominant person. I it should be the owner, and uh, that they're not showing any weakness. Basically, so you got to be sort of careful with these kind of things. And it seems obvious to me that he was in pain. 
Um, so the two solutions you can do is you can get it, they can syringe it out, which is a lot less expensive surgery. And, but I did my research in the build up to that and apparently it has about, if, if, a, a nice estimate about one in three, a one in three chance of, as in like a 33% chance of working. Um, the reason for that, as far as I know, and I understand, I'm not, I'm not, I've not just took took a, a, an evening vet class, and I'm suddenly like an expert. I'm just basing this off the articles I read about it, and obviously going on to vet sites and reading uh, the research about it. Is that so basically, as far as as far as I understand it, is they basically put a hole inside the lo- in the the lobe, and they just literally syringe the. They basically just sort of like you know, uh, like clearing out a warehouse or something. They just clear everything out of there. And hope they get every, they get it all, and it just heals on its own, and it sort of helps the process of it healing on its own. Um, the downside of that is is they they might not get it all, and it has just it has just a good a chance of re of basically just uh, re swell because it bleeds again essentially. Is uh, so whatever has burst is that it just refills whatever refills the hole. Um, so that is an option, but it's it means you could just and you could keep trying potentially if it doesn't work and just kind of hook it. But um, obviously that's that you could maybe try that once. You can argue that was kind of the that was kind of the debate I had is that you could either do that once and see if it works, and then go for the more uh, for part for, for part for number two the the, the second option which is um, hematoma repair, which is which is surgery which requires them to have anaesthetic and be put out. And they basically sort of cut, as far as I can tell, they cut part of the lobe where the blood vessel is and basically eradicate the problem. Um, what it ends up your dog having, which to me I think is a small price to pay for him to be, you know, fully healthy again, is he gets like sort of cauliflower ear, which um, is, um, you know, anyone who watches any rugby for it in particular, um, you know, because they don't wear helmets like in American football, is they just get like a sort of swollen end of their lobe like it sort of folds in on itself and it looks a little bit weird and yeah i can you can tell uh with it with, with me looking at him now if you looked at my dog right now is um he's very much you very much can see that that's about to happen but if you honestly compare it to this lobe that's totally fine um you really it really you know it's a very small minute detail that you would only see if you kind of like stared at him so um so so it's really a small price to pay and it's just an aesthetic thing which is well worth it so um so because my insurance didn't cover me and the fact that it's anesthetic which basically just like in humans it triples the operation amount of money that you pay and as i touched on earlier my pet insurance rather annoyingly said they wouldn't cover it um because of the situation of him having it before so this whole bullshit of Oh, it's um, it's a previous injury. Even though I'm like um, the, the, the what I was trying to what I was hitting at before is that with hematomas, it could be him just literally knocking against the wall. It could be him scratching his ear. It could be you know a whole host of things. Um, there's no that there is literally no way you can prove that the hematoma was a consequence of the ear infection, which it could be because obviously if he has an ear infection, it leads to him scratching more and all this kind of stuff. But the, to say that the hematoma caused it, um, there's no there's no way you can sort of prove that. Um, so I was in a difficult position because um, uh, I was waiting for some freelance money that I still actually am at the, at this moment in time, which is frustrating um, because that's the problem with freelancers. Sometimes you can wait up to a month to get paid. 
So I was in a really difficult spot because it was an expensive surgery. It wasn't like, you know, he wasn't life-threatening surgery, but because he had to be put under and, like, it's a day, you'd have to be in the, the you know, have to have a day's worth of being looked after, basically, at the, uh, like, the surgery clinic. Um, so I had to find alternate ways of doing it. I managed to find a place that would do it a lot for, you know, because of my situation with being on, um, you know, sick, getting some sick pay, uh, meant that I was able to find essentially sort of a vet charity who would do it for a lot less um, and basically help me out. So I was incredibly grateful. So I mentioned to them, uh, for those in England, uh, the PDSA, um, which is a fantastic organization and basically helps people who are in sort of any financial situation to look after dogs. So they have a good, you know, kind soul and they actually generally... Um, you know, want to help animals, and and I have to say, and I'm not just saying this because they helped me out, um, they were fantastically nice to me, and any questions I asked, they were very, very willing to, you know, comfort, like, you know, give me the comforting answers I needed, because I was like, not, I wanted to know what they were going to do, and because I'm kind of like that, I'm very much kind of like wanting to know what's happening, um, and is the, you know, what the chances are for certain things, and so they answered all of my questions diligent, diligently and patient, and they were brilliant and so that was um about two weeks ago and so uh poor lister um has had to have the cone of shame as my friend michelle calls it and essentially um as uh has uh especially last week and so the last sort of 10 days really although right now he's sort of um he's back to his old self is um he, he was really sort of struggling and he couldn't walk and all this kind of thing because of the anesthetic and the fact that he was in pain all the time and he moaned a huge amount because he was uncomfortable quite understandably um and so i had to spend my time looking after him so um and the fact that it i must say as well that, that sounds like um, i'm sort of warping a bit of time and not explaining but um this took a bit of time to work out what the best solution was because he was suffering before then so that was obviously on my mind so that's a reason why there's been a delay in me having to have time to do Geek. And and as I said, I was doing some freelance work um, and my plan was to take some time off. Uh, so that's basically covers, in a nutshell, uh, my situation that now has a happy ending. Because like I say, he had the surgery, it seems to be working, he's now recovering. And so I'm looking after him at my house and... Um, uh, everything seems to be going well, he seems to be fine. And um, I'm so I'm really relieved because it was really stressful um, and the reason it's really stressful is not only that i was going through the process of trying to work out how best to treat him but on the same week um like i said i've had some issues with being paid as a freelancer which is frustrating so all that happened at the same time about a month into because i said in the last podcast i was thinking about taking about a month off because i'd done i'd done something like 50 shows in a year and never took any time off um so i was like i really felt like i should do that because um i was feeling just run down and i think everyone should take some time off and because i felt like i hadn't take any any re- hadn't took any real weeks off that um i wanted to um i wanted to take a significant amount of time off because i felt a bit i um i think that's kind of for someone with my condition i think i have to sort of force myself to take an extended period of time off because i'm not someone who rests rests it's one of my uh, biggest problems um is is actually like resting or taking breaks during the day i'm very much kind of my brain's on all the time it's kind of a byproduct of having uh, bipolar disorder i just have an overactive brain so 
Um, it was really useful. It was actually really benefiting me, and I was feeling refreshed and ready to come back. And like I say, so the so the the situation with Lister was what delayed this. Um, but the main thing in relation to this being affected was the month I took off. Uh, I made sure and I was aware of this is that um, I had changed my credit. This is going to be re- this is really dull, and it's a really stupid situation. Um, but an understandable one um, with the amount of stuff. If you ever run a business, you especially if it's a solo business, which essentially this is, is you sometimes forget something really crucial, um, but you you don't think it's that relevant. It turns out it's not that big of a deal, as I'm about to explain. But I thought it was when I found out. Was um, my credit card, as I said, was expiring, so I got sent a new one last year. So some of the stuff that I auto-did for the year or, or for several years, I updated all my credit card information because a lot of stuff like the website cost and the hosting and um, some other bills that I pay for, for Geekapocalypse um, obviously just goes out of my account like any like any other uh, bills. Um, so I um, thought I had... I had a, I wrote down like a, and looked through my accounts and basically was like, right, what do I need to change? What am I paying? What's going to come out at a certain time? So I thought I had got everything. I had, I had managed to change everything that I needed to change. Um, turns out, um, which is just pure, pure, uh, bad luck on my part, but obviously I'm partly responsible. You know, I'm not saying I'm a, I, I'm, um, you know, a victim in this. Is that during the month that I took off, my, um, and I think it happened fairly quickly after I decided to take a month off, because I didn't even update the website or anything like that. Um, I totally took a month off with doing very, you know, other than the, the freelance work, I was not, I was not doing any podcasting at all, which is weird for me. Um, and I found my, uh, uh, when I must have took that time off, and then obviously when the stuff with Lista happened, I wasn't on top of it, was, um, my, the geekapocalypse.com, which is the main site that we use, um, ra- uh, expired, um, as in the domain, uh, the URL, uh, expired. Um, and because I wasn't, um, or I, well, well, I was checking my emails, um, sporadically, but, um, I didn't know, didn't notice any, um, any, you know, um, warnings from the people who I'd spent the money on getting the domain name. So the company that I used, uh, to buy, to buy the URL. And, uh, which is the website name for those who don't know the URL. Um, uh, and so I, um, was like, oh no, I didn't manage to do that. So when I went back to realizing this, um, I obviously told them like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I'm sorry, your credit card information's uh, expired, which you should know because it's got 2016 and it's 2017. So don't, no worries. I'll just replace it. And I wasn't aware, but now I do know. So you learn by your mistakes. Is domain companies uh, kind of wait for you to do that, so then they can put you in a really difficult spot? Um, because basically, the company then said, "Oh, you are delayed," which is understandable because uh, they said we've been trying to get the money off you for a month now. Totally fine. So I was like, "Right, okay." So if you've been doing it for about a month, then and they were like, "Okay, there's going to be a late fee." So you, so I'm thinking. Okay, they may get asked for an ex, like double the amount of money, because domain names, buying them on their own are fairly cheap. They're about, you know, 
I don't know, you can get them if you do your, you know, if you do your shopping around all the different domain names, uh, for those who have never had a website, you can get domain names as in, like, basically what I'm saying by domain names is in, like, the name of whatever you want to call it, and then the dot whatever, so you can call it dot com, dot uk, call it uk, um, dot tv, whatever. Um, you could probably get them for between 10 to 20 pound or 10 to 20 dollars or something, you know, so it's not, they're not that, for a, per year, per year, and if you do multiple years, they usually give you a discount on that as well, so, um, really, really easy to find, um, a really, a, an easy domain name to do, uh, like as in what, you know, whatever, and, and, you, you know, it's just based on whatever company gives you the right deal, essentially, so it could be any of these companies. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever, just let me know what I need to pay and I'll happily pay the difference because that's my fault. Uh, you know, and I didn't notice your things. They then send me back a bill that is ridiculously expensive. And I'm like, it's something like, you know, 30, 40 times, um, what I would have to pay to basically un, they said it's like frozen, and that they froze the website because I hadn't paid the bill, essentially, which I, which is fair enough, like suspended, I guess, is a better way of saying it. So I couldn't access the site at all. And I was like, okay, so, um, and then, so they were basically putting me in a position where they know that there's nothing else I can do because they still technically own the domain name registry, as in, because I, like, pay them to, to get it. So they basically hold it and then they say, here, here, we want this amount of money and it's a ridiculous fee. And I guess maybe because the site has some sort of traffic. I mean, I'm not, I'm not claiming it. So you got a huge number of traffic because mainly the listenerships that I get for the podcast is through iTunes, to be honest. I mean, it's about, you know, something like 10, about maybe 10, 20% of what people listen to the podcast is online on my, on the website majority of it is downloaded on, on itunes which makes sense most podcasts are like that so it's so um but still you know people clicking on the site or whatnot so they can judge based on that that they think it's maybe a worth it's a it's a it's a it, it's worth something and the fact that like you know i've owned that domain name for four years um I'm guessing is why they ramped up the price because when I did my research on what they should charge based on the amount of time that I hadn't paid the bill should not be as high as that by, you know, it it was really, you know, unfair and ridiculous. Uh, So I was in a position because of the fact I'd spent a fair amount of my of money that I had in my like spare money in my account on treating my dog. That happened exactly in the same week as that I'd found out that he needed an operation. So I was, you know, literally bouncing off the walls in fury and obviously didn't help my mental health issues um, because that's, you know, having an emotional disorder and then getting very emotional, like very emotionally attached news, which leads to fury is that that's not really helpful uh, when you've got bipolar disorder. So that was an incredibly stressful time. So trying to find out what best to do. Um, so I thought they had me over a barrel because it was my entire website. But then what I didn't realize and I'd got myself into a rut is, is that, um, uh, Mr. Lister, who's been totally quiet, has decided to get up. He was sleeping right next to me. Um, so anyway, there you go. You just, you just wanted to wander. You wanted to wonder, did you? So I'm going to keep that in to show that this is live. Um, but, but anyway, so, um, 
so I thought they had me over the barrel because they had my entire website. So one of the things that what I didn't realize though when I looked into, I'm like, am I paying the same company for the site in terms of the content? And it turns out, lucky me, that I I can pat myself on the back and claim that I am clever when I started this. I didn't pay the hosting because uh, that's separate. It was with a different company that I had uh, changed the billing. Uh, money too which is i was so relieved to find out so i still own the content of the website i just can't use the domain name geekypocalypse.com because they want a ridiculous amount of money for me to take that domain name back so what i found out was the solution is which i'm going to work on really soon is to go to another domain name company and basically just change the the dot part of the domain name and i should be able uh, well, I do know this because I asked them. Is I just changed the I just changed the address line for the hosting to because you tell it where you want it to be, and I just move it. I essentially, move my content from my hosting server to another to whatever domain name I like. So uh, my plan is to change it to .tv because I think that sounds fun and it's kind of I guess in homage to day ninety day nine. Uh, who has day nine .tv? Because um, I just think that sounds better than that. I don't know whether or not if I do the .co.uk that um, I'm wonder. I'm, I I remember years ago that used to be if you did .co.uk that no one on, uh, in the world could access it because it was only a, a .uk address. Um, that might not be true, and I might have to ask my American friend Michelle if that's true. Um, I might do more than one. That is also another option is that you can you can obviously um, you know take multiple ones. Um, so that's the plan is I'm going to find a domain name that I like and transfer it. And so basically, so the re- that's the reason that Geek Apocalypse has been down for at least a month uh, is because I've been arguing with them about saying that it was ridiculous. And at one point even said I'll pay, you know, a small amount of money per time because I was really worried that that was a, situ- that was a situation that they had literally my entire content not like my entire like the podcasting i own like that's on a completely different thing but i just meant it would essentially meant that we would have to have rebuilt the site um uh, obviously we've got templates that graham has who does my website design and whatnot so we could have done it but it just meant a huge amount of effort um for no reason but it turns out that i actually we have all the files up to date from the point i updated um from whenever they decided to suspend it so turns out it wasn't as big a problem as i thought so that's good because obviously my blog will still be there as well etc 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 so my plan is to re-put that up and then in terms of future shows of this one of the decisions i've decided to do because it is difficult to do especially with it being on my own and obviously um i guess i'll be blunt blunt and say um it we i get like a decent amount uh, i uh, particularly at the beginning we got a decent amount of money for doing this and like um i can't justify it's really really difficult to get because everybody uh because of the state of how the internet works now there's a very sort of complex answer but the way the internet works now is everyone wants fans to basically pay for their income uh so we're obviously in the same boat because we don't get a penny from like advertising or anything like that even though that's something i've been thinking you know we're constantly working on and but you know there's some mainstream radio stations that i know that struggle to get advertising now because of the way that the the way that the the 
the revenues changed. So people look to get fans to sublet them doing, you know, stuff like, you know, podcasting or YouTube videos, you know, contributing by donating. The downside of that is, and I am aware of this, is that if you, like, for example, and I know because I've got, I know many people who podcast, is that, um, is that, you know, if you listen to, say, 10 podcasts a week, they all pretty much say that they would like, you know, you to donate to their site or buy their t-shirts or anything like that, which means you put in a position where you have to decide where you put your money, especially if we're in like a sort of economic recession, which we are, and that not many people have that much disposable income. And some people I know are aware of that they think, oh, if I donate £10 or something or a pound or whatever, would that make any difference? And so it leads to people sort of um, either picking their favourite or do what I do and have difficulty giving money to anybody. And it's not that I don't want to. It's because it's this thing of if I give to them, like why am I giving to them and not giving to other people? And I completely understand where fans and consumers are coming from because you obviously and as well you know if you've got other hobbies like i do like board games or something like that you want to buy a board game you want to go out with your friends and all this kind of thing so and you'll you'll, you'll be spending like money on like netflix or amazon prime and and maybe maybe a tv with cable and all this kind of stuff and then you find yourself like using more disposable income to the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of content online made by individuals who are asking for money, which is why only really, as much as people think that it's an opportunity to make a huge amount of money, there are only ever going to be small amounts of people, really like 1% of people who make all content on on the internet are ever going to make enough money to make it a viable, um, make it a viable, consistent life. Um, like lifestyle as in they can do it full time and not do any other work. Um, I'm in a position where I have to do other work and it's difficult to maintain this, um, at the stand, to the level I did before. Um, so I think the best solution to that is to do less shows. Um, I'm not sure how many of shows I would, I'm thinking in terms of the month because it was a weekly show for those that are listening who don't know that and, not only do I do the shows and and you know organize them and produce them and all this kind of thing, and I'm not you know I'm not moaning about it because that's 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 the way it is, and I love doing it. I'm just saying that it's difficult. I'm trying to explain that the demand on my um you know workload, the workload, and the editing of the shows and um, booking the guests, it's a lot for one person to do. Uh, you know, if you listen to, you know, established podcasts or podcasts that have a company behind them, they have a producer, a booker, a, and they have someone who puts the, uploads the websites and all that kind of thing. I do all of that on my own because I literally can't afford to pay for each individual, you know, each individual person to do. Um, so doing that solo is really, really hard. Um, and you're in a situation where a lot of people within this either do a podcast on their own or they're not willing to, you know, sort of help you out just as a, like a volunteer, to volunteer for their help or whatever it is. People are reluctant to do that these days, which I understand, but being a freelancer, I totally get. Um, so it's difficult to find any help without paying them essentially. So, um, it's really, really hard. Um, it's really, really hard to maintain that level. Um, cause you know, 
I'm really fortunate and that we've had some really, really well-known people on this show and I'm really proud of that and even, and that's irrelevant in the sense of I enjoy each one regardless of, um, you know, the fame people have. But it's just, sometimes that leads to, you know, you do like, that, that can be like 20 emails of organizing when they're free and, you know, explaining who you are and talking to their, their agent or their, or their, um, their assistant and, and then you get to talk to them and then you organize when to do it and they keep rescheduling and, um that that you know one of the things i would like to do would be ideal and that's obviously hopefully that this reaches a point where i can do that is where kind of like joe rogan or something where he has a producer behind the scenes who does all that for him and he just has to focus on making sure that the show is good um that that would be that you i don't think people realize how much of a benefit that is to whoever's hosting the show that they don't have to also worry about producing the show and the technology and making sure everything's working correctly if you have someone else who worries about that and that's their responsibility it means the host is freed to do whatever he wants i remember watching conan o'brien where he was talking to his line producer backstage and he said his his exact phrasing for what his job was was that I do all the bogged down hard work hard working team stuff behind the scenes so that we make sure we're organized enough that you don't have to worry about that and you can focus a hundred percent on being creative and doing the job of hosting. Say so that's really really difficult in a situation where you've been podcasting, especially as long as I have, where that's that's you, you do everything, you do the soul, you know, like I, like I explain. Which ideally, all the stuff that you do is really one person's like one person's job. Um, for all like the mainstream podcasting that you would have listened to, um, a lot of that's that. Um, so 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 I'm thinking maybe doing two two a month. Um, and then maybe doing the odd third one, either a hosted one with Ricky. So I'm talking about guest appearances, so do two a month. Um, and then do maybe the odd one every now and again. Um, so that's that sort of makes sense. Um, fuck it. Sorry, I just realised that Lister's trying to, uh, Lister's trying to uh, scratch himself, which he's not supposed to do. Uh, the cone of shame is stroke, stroke again. Um, so yeah, as you can tell, like one of the th- great things about Lister is he's incredibly um, calm, and he doesn't bark. Like to the point of my mom's actually a bit like you don't. He doesn't bark. Like I'm waiting for him to bark, and I'm like, that's good. I don't want him to be, you know, sort of in the middle of the night, like sort of howling like a wolf. Like I don't want him to do that. Um, and he doesn't even bark when like someone knocks on the door, which is pretty, pretty amazing. And he's a little bit weird. Um, but there you go. Uh, he's a little bit. What I mean by that, he's a little bit weird in that, uh, in that. He doesn't go, he doesn't chase after cats. He's not really that bothered about, you know, a lot of stuff that dogs should be. Um, although when we go out on walks and we're on random, like, grasses and stuff, he really enjoys chasing. And I was wondering, like, thinking he was just going mental and going, he's wanting to chase things that aren't there in the middle of the night. And I realized he noticed, which he must have good eyes, is that he's chasing after squirrels, which is quite impressive. Um, so that's really so anyway so yeah so thank god that lister is actually okay which is quite good um i'm really pleased that like that that point is gone so hopefully that leads me to um to uh be able to do more of these shows so as i said the plan is to do two guests episodes a month and do potentially a hosted one with ricky which is easy to do because we're friends and we do roughly any time um 
so at least two and it might be a hosted one one and then a, a guest one month or whatever it may be it all depends on how well i do with booking guests essentially um but that's the plan um and then like i say do any specials if we ever go anywhere to conventions which again is something that i'm very stressed about is that we haven't went to conventions in a, at least a year and that was something i did a lot of in the first couple of years and um it's just it's time consuming and making the time to do it and and now that i've got a dog it means i've got to make sure he's okay and he's looked after so um it's going to be hard to maintain that but it's not for want of trying i'm going to keep trying to try and do the best i can in regards to that um so like i said at the beginning the other bit of great news which i hope people um you know pass on and let people be aware of not only that this podcast has returned or is going to be returning you know uh to a somewhat full schedule um in may so my plan is to release this uh i might do i'm probably going to do like a part two of this or um probably with ricky because i'm going to explain uh the other bit of news about mentally sound which is the other podcast i do um is that i'll be doing guest spots from me again and uh sort of you know getting back into the swing of things so that is the plan um so i'm releasing this and i'll release another one uh towards the end of uh, april it's either going to be with me and ricky or i'll do a, another update kind of uh i might even do like sort of a a, a sample of mentally sound uh returning because that's the other bit of news mentally sound which is a mental health uh radio show that was also a podcast on a radio station we did here in newcastle Um it's been off the air for about seven months ish because basically we fell out with the people who originally did it the quality of the shows we weren't happy with we were being messed about in terms of the people who run it so we made the decision of just kind of waiting and we have been diligently i say i say we it's mainly been ricky who co-hosts uh after he gets the credit uh, who does the show mentally sound with me uh, every time uh he has been pitching the show behind the scenes uh with a little bit of input for me i'm, I'm guess, i guess but mainly um himself has been pitching to other radio stations here in newcastle much more upmarket ones than the one we were on because it was just a community radio station we we're on um to do the show um and basically go he has who we are it's on itunes he has the episodes we did do and we won a couple of awards for mental health which was great we we're really proud of that um and we got an answer back uh about a month ago from spice fm who are based here in newcastle that uh well they're they're, they're um uh they just like yes yeah, i think it is newcastle I'm, i hesitated because i'm thinking it's sort of north of newcastle but it is still in the newcastle you know region so so yeah it's in newcastle and it has a bit of an established record it's been around for i think about i think ricky said about 15 years and if you type in spice fm i think it might just be dot com or something um you will be able to find it and it's sort of an alternate uh, multicultural station it was originally an asian radio station uh basically to to for, i guess like i guess you could say like ethnic minorities and uh to a certain extent and so it was meant to be like sort of alternate and all and and you know different cultures than than obviously just english basically in the northeast um but that's sort of changed that remit now where they kind of include everybody obviously being like i'm a you know a, a, essentially a, a white british <laughs> geordie um it's kind of nice that they're, you know they're, they're really not restrictive in that sense anymore 
Um, it is still like a volunteer-run radio station, but with the stab, it has an FM frequency, obviously, which is really useful. It's regulated by Ofcom, which is our, you know, regulatory uh, government, uh, like regulatory uh, company that regulates like the BBC and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so we have to be, you know, aware of swearing, which is going to be difficult for me, but considering this is a, an over eighteen, uh, I can, uh, you know, I, we, I can swear on this podcast. So it's really going to be. I'm really excited. It is coming back on Friday, which is Good Friday, the 14th of April, and I'm super excited to do it. Um, and it's going to be, uh, and the the real huge advantage is for those if you go and listen to, if you type in Mentally Sound into iTunes, you will find it, and you can listen back to the shows. Is obviously not great quality, some of them, but um, they're still brilliant shows, though. So I I urge you to give them a try. And the advantage of that is, if you listen to them, um, you will see, you will hear uh, no music in that because obviously for copyright reasons, we we didn't have a license that covered us to put the music on via the podcast, uh, being that we were a community radio station, so we didn't want to obviously have the potential of being put in trouble for copyright uh, law. Uh, as far as we know, as of me recording this podcast. As far as Spice know, and we know, we've been talking behind the scenes about this, is that it, we are allowed to release the whole thing as a radio show because the license will cover it if we say we recorded this on Spice FM, which has a broadcast license. So we are allowed to literally release the show as we have done because we do, we're doing it live, 12 till 2, uh, I guess that's 12 to 12 till 2 uh, Eastern EST um, it's in EST time um, Greenwich Meridian time whatever it is GMT, is GMT I think is the abbreviation I'm not I'm dyslexic so this is like kind of really really torturous for me right now um, but you know what I mean it's uh, London time uh, is it, uh, we do it 12 till 2 um, p.m. live on Spice FM which you can listen to on their website they have a listen now button where you can listen to what's being broadcast so that is on Friday, twelve till two, uh, London time, like I say, and then we'll. So basically, that live show that we do on air, we then will rip, as in rip or rip off their system, their database, and then we put it on uh, iTunes as a completed show with music, which is a real bonus because um, it sort of worked putting the music out, as in I took the music out and tried to sort of make it all make sense. But the problem is, is you miss like the introductions and you miss me because I talk, obviously it's beneficial to talk over the music when you do the radio show, um, which we, we did leave in to a certain extent, but you got to make sure you don't hear the music for too long. And it was just, re- it was really stressful for me to do. Whereas, um, in this situation, I won't even have to spend any time editing the program at all. We just literally send it out as we did it, uh, the way that we done it. So it also has the ability. It, we, we, it's a really fantastic studio. I'm kind of jealous in that I really wish uh, Geekpocalypse had the ability to have the um, space that they do. And, you know, they have state-of-the-art equipment, obviously, and the ability to take phone calls which is um something i haven't experienced in any shows that i've been which is fantastic because it opens up the potential for us to have guests outside of the northeast so we can get people maybe from london to ring in um uh and so basically as i said the show for those that haven't heard it heard it is where we talk candidly and openly about mental health and we 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 laugh about it. We do jokes, um, but we obviously talk in a serious manner, and hopefully educate people and help people with whatever condition that they have. And if they know people who go through a certain thing, 
is that we're an area of expertise where people can ring in, uh, well, now have the opportunity to ring in or tweet tweet us. Um, and we have a team, what I said earlier about how difficult it is to do this, we have hopefully the team that were involved in it last time will come back and we'll have a team behind the scenes that means that um, it will be just exactly as it was last time um, with the with the um, two charities that uh, started the project way back when a couple of years ago um, will be involved in helping us get you know the some guests and and uh, and um, yeah I'm super excited to do it um, and so that's something we've been working on for a good three weeks now and the uh, as of this recording I'm in the process of writing the script and doing some editing for the pre-records for what's going to be used on Friday. So that's obviously uh, occupying my time and I'm trying to get back in the swing of things. So that's why it made sense if I do this now to explain that that's, um, that's obviously something I'm working on because that's going to be really helpful towards my sort of media presenting career, which I'm trying desperately to, to get my foot in the door. Um, and I think this is a good step up. So really excited to do it and so um obviously please do support it if that sounds interesting and it's a really really good show it's been very highly praised um and i'm uh, i'm really pleased that we managed to get it back and as i say kudos to ricky ricky deserves the best credit for working diligently behind the scenes to get um spice fm interested in it and they've been really keen from from day one uh to be involved in it so i'm i'm super excited to do it so so yeah, that's actually a really good segue to end, really. And just to say, so that's the situation, is that the website issues, uh, list of being poorly after getting a dog, um, mentally sound coming back, uh, taking some time off, uh, fighting with some freelance companies to get paid, you know, being completely, I, I'm really not, obviously I'm, I've got some income coming in, so I'm not, you know, concerned, but it's just I'm, I'm financially, you know, really stuck for money right now, which really is annoying. Um, so yeah, it's just really, uh, it's really, cause uh, also I should say, during the time that I took off as well, a lot of my bills for my company, because, um, we, Geek Apocalypse, um, started in March in terms of the, the website came live and whatnot, so I had to pay a lot of Geek Apocalypse bills, um, in sort of late February-ish, I think it might even be February, cause I would have paid them a month in advance, so, um, that's why all this trouble started. So, um, that's why, like, financially, I'm like, all oh, right, yeah, well, obviously, make sure I cover, co- I've covered, I have enough money to cover everything I need to. But it's like, holy hell, when you see just your money diminishing, I'm sure everyone understands that feeling in regular life is that when you go, like, you know, it's, you know, that thing where you get paid and you look at your account and you go, oh, money, I, money, I've missed you. And then you, when you, when it's the bill week and you say just slowly evaporate and you just go, and that was nice. Do you remember when I had money and everything was fine? Uh, you know, when I was, uh, not, um, you know, crying, uh, crying with, uh, fear. Um, so yeah, so hopefully, uh, Lister is going to get checked, uh, next Monday and hopefully, he, I mean, he's virtually, he seems like he's got the all clear, but obviously he gets these cone off and he's, um, and he's not too bad. Um, so hopefully that, so his, hopefully his problems are over. Um, his anxiety issues was another thing is that I had to, the first few weeks I got him, he was having anxiety problems, um, which seems we've seemed to have solved, um, because it's difficult when you've got, it's not like, um, the previous owner pat literally passed that dog over and said, here's what he does and here's what I did, here's what I did. You literally have to guess like he's a puppy, even though he's not, he's always over the age of a puppy now, but, um, trying to work out what best to do, um, is it took a bit of time so i'm glad so in hindsight i was really pleased i took that month off because it gave me some time to get to know my dog and 
uh, to find the right things to do and I made sure he's on the right food now which is perfect so yeah um it's been stressful but like I've been to across the bridge with this and I'm excited to do mentally sound I'm excited to do this again um so expect geek apocalypse's website which i will be tweeting about as well as tweeting about mentally sound uh my our twitter handle is at geek underscore apocalypse you want to see what i tweet about uh, and obviously let people know more about information uh but just to let people know that this is mainly to let people know that we're not dead we're not died we are still here uh, i'm still here and my plan is to continue to do this i will do geek apocalypse to in in some form for as long, uh, I was going to say as long as I'm alive, but I mean, obviously, some circumstances could happen where that's not the case. But my plan is to do it for as long as I can, because uh, I love doing them and it's good for what I'm trying to do, which is, you know, be a presenter in some capacity. I'm not, you know, I would love to just host stuff like that. That's uh, that is. I I don't get any joy. Other, the joy that I get in doing this and mentally sound any hosting events hosting events that i do i i don't get much more satisfaction other than the freelance job that i have been doing which is with northumbria university which is my old stomping ground where i'm helping on their social work course because i used to work as a social worker slash youth worker slash everything else um uh, and also because i've been a service user so they've, they've i've been helping them on their course and i mean i i would i would absolutely love to sort of give back in that sense and lecture and uh, so that's something I'm working on as well in terms of, um, you know, doing, uh, hopefully get more opportunities at the university because I really enjoyed doing it. Um, so that could potentially be another string to my bow um, and it obviously helps paying the bills um, because, like I say, this is not a consistent source of revenue. So that's hard and difficult. Uh, so yeah, that pretty much covers it. I hope you've enjoyed me explaining and that run on about um, the situation about Geek Apocalypse. And I say I wanted to keep this under an hour, so I'll end now. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, I have a dog. His name's Listener. He's in the thing to Red Dwarf. That's been the news. Uh, the website will be coming back probably as geekapocalypse.tv, but I'll I'll tweet about it. Um, I'll obviously um, send some links to this very podcast and also to Mentally Sound when it comes up. Our plan is because it does get repeated on their on their um, on their stream when we do the Mentally Sound show. Is that I think we're going to get the record. Our plan is to get the recording about a week after, and then we're going to upload them. And there's a couple of shows we never got a chance to put up because we were getting the last radio station were asses about it basically. So there's going to be some extra mentally sound episodes as well as the new one so a lot of content we're going to release a lot of content within the next 10 days basically is what i'm saying so uh keep an eye on it keep an eye on i'll tweet when the website is live again because i might do some tweaks while while it's offline uh with graham um that pretty much covers it so um apologies for if you're wondering what's happened to it and like thought that it was not around anymore it is um and let people know that obviously if you've got people who listen and just thank you for your continued support and uh look forward to doing these again and um and uh hopefully all my sort of personal crap that uh, everyone goes through it means that it, it stopped and we can we can move on and um oh and also um I, I guess a very sort of brief thing to say is um uh we i had a situation uh which we sort of hinted at is and i planned on not mentioning it but i guess i'll say this in a sentence in that um i did have over the period of before christmas had a girlfriend which and uh, didn't work out um because of the which is a mental health issue which i may talk about on mentally sound so that's a big uh 
a push to talk about that because it is mental health related. So I might very well uh, discuss the situation because uh, mental health played a, a key role in us not being together. Um, so um, that so that yeah, that was obviously a difficult period of time as well. Um, but I feel I'm over it, and like I say, more of these episodes are going to be coming out soon. Like I say, we're going to have a fairly full schedule from May onwards, and expect another episode at, uh, towards the end of April. Uh, as well uh, thanks guys i'll end the podcast like i always end in the words of the great b movie robot jocks crash and burn and we'll see you very soon for another edition of the geek podcast uh, and thanks very much for your support bye guys have a good week <laughs>